Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Mathewson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clip together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles, we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio. Where we're talking baseball kind of whenever. I'm your host, Christiana. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I am doing well. This is our last remote show for quite a while, so I'm very excited to actually be able to hopefully be in a, like a real studio, possibly. Not, not guaranteed, but there might be some upgrades coming to our recording situation soon. Right, correct. Uh, yeah, uh, this Sunday, both of us are, are heading back to Springfield College, where the show started, um, and possibly going into um, not really the... not quite the studio but somewhat the near the studio where it all started um you know the springfield college is trying to make some upgrades with their with their podcast audio game so uh we're going to be dabbling in that a little bit so that's going to be good maybe bring some some better you know audio quality to the show so that's going to be very good um we're gonna we're gonna learn all that from uh three-time guest kyle belanger uh, from Springfield soon to be College. Four time guest. Yeah, soon to be four time. Uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, th- that's a it's, that's an amazing thing that's going to be happening. We'll be back in person, uh, which is great. Uh, so, um, you know, last last episode we talked about uh, each you know the most important races, and uh, you know probably. Probably the one that's the ones that are heating up the most are, you know, National League wildcard second spot and the National League West. And, uh, you know, last episode, which was three days ago, the Giants were two and a half up on the Dodgers. We were both pretty high on the Giants. And, uh, you know, saying that they would uh, win the division. I probably still stand by that given their given their schedule. But. Uh, the Dodgers swept the Braves, I believe. I think I don't think they're playing any more games. And the Giants have lost three in a row to the Brewers. So, uh, yeah, the Dodgers are in first place uh, for the first time in a, in a while. April 28th. You know, it's funny, Chris, because the Giants, they finished the month of August with a record of 19-9, and which was their best winning percentage in any month. But it doesn't feel that way because the Dodgers just casually went twenty-one and six. Like it's crazy, you know, like they do. Um, they have not lost consecutive games since uh, July twenty-first through twenty-third. That is crazy. Wow. Actually, that's a lie. That's a lie. July twenty-ninth and thirtieth, but still. So it's really been since the trade deadline. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh yeah, the the Dodgers, I think I think part of it is, you know, once they made that big trade, you know, you could argue they were the the biggest 
Um, you, you could, I would say, you know, top three winners of the trade deadline, and it, that might have rejuvenated the team a little bit, gave them a little more energy. Uh, it absolutely, might have. With uh, Trey Turner and Max Scherzer coming over there, and then also Seager came off the IL uh, in that span, so that was another addition to uh, consider. So, you know, they've they've just been they've just been raining terror on uh on the league in the past month. Yeah, no, it has been it has been brutal for for Giants fans to play probably some of their best baseball all year and still not have anything to show for it. In fact, you lose uh, out of it. Right. Yeah, and it's it's not like a thing of like what could have we what could we have done at the trade deadline? Like you got Chris Bryant at the trade deadline. You know, it's not like they didn't do anything. It's just, you know, the Dodgers just overachieved. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, the the Dodgers, I, I don't want to say they overachieved. Like, that sounds weird because, like, we know that they're still a really good team. Are they, you know, is 21 and 6, like, sustainable? No, probably not. That's a 778 winning percentage. But, I mean, like, this is still, like, we can't act like this team isn't capable of, of doing that for the next month again. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um we should look at some uh look at some stats from the Dodgers uh in the in the pat since the yeah, since like the trade deadline because man, have they yeah, have they I'll just been yeah, have they just been wreaking havoc? Uh because yeah, the Giants Giants have been all right, but or Giants have been very good, but Oddly enough, it hasn't been enough to keep that uh, first place spot. And yeah, I think I think a lot of the fate of the National League West will have to do with like how how the Giants do against the Padres in those ten matchups. So since the trade deadline, the Dodgers as a team have a two two eight ERA. Uh, nobody else has anything better than a three oh nine. Uh, but naturally, their FIP is almost a full run higher. It's a three-two-six. So, like, there is reason to believe that, from a pitching standpoint, it isn't exactly this sustainable. Um, I think that you know that certainly has a lot to do with it. The right. Giants have a three-ten with a three-twenty-nine FIP. Right, right. Um, and they have the Dodgers are walking three batters per nine. That'll do it. Uh, the Dodgers are. The Dodgers are, yeah. Oh, that's that, why that's why the FIP is so high. Uh, as for their offense, they're kind of, I mean, they're kind of middle of the pack. They're eleventh in uh, position player F four since August first. Yeah, I was about they, to they say they're slashing. You know what's funny? They're slashing two thirty six over this time. They're uh, they're they're, at, they're batting two thirty six. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> which is twenty fourth in Major League Baseball. Yeah, because yeah, I was about to say I was looking at their individual statistics since uh, July thirty first, and there's only one guy with an OPS above uh, eight fifty, mm-hmm. and it's uh, Will Smith, who's been who's been killing it for sure. Your player to watch. That uh, is my player to watch. But yeah, it, I think yeah the pitching has has definitely like Bueller has become one of the front runners in the Cy Young vote. Uh, Max mm-hmm. Scherzer is probably adding himself into the into the uh, Cy Young candidacy as well. So, you know, they're they've just had a had a bunch of horses just going for them. 
like who who else in that rotation is doing is doing well um it's uh i Wait, know Kershaw, uh, kershaw's on the il still i yeah, think yeah right? that's the thing um so Kershaw's yeah. on the il arias is still i mean he's go. i mean really like you just had to go out there and, and pitch well and that's that's all like you don't need to be perfect to win games if you're a dodger um their bullpen is what's been catching my attention um they have a couple you know kenley jansen has has turned it around recently he struggled for a little bit um but they have some breakout candidates in that Bullpen. Alex Vizia, uh has been really, really good for them, and then Phil Bickford. Uh, those two in particular have been really impressive for them recently. And then Blake Trine and Jimmy Nelson, like they have a lot of guys that uh, you don't want to face coming out of that bullpen. Yeah, Blake Trinan is has uh, proved to be a very good uh, off-season signing. I know the I know the uh, Dodgers had him last year. But he was still a free agent uh, at the end of the year, and yeah, good on the Dodgers to <clears throat> to snag him up because he's he's been one of the best pitchers, best relievers in baseball. Is it? He has a one nine seven ERA and a two oh eight expected ERA. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just found out Kevin Quackenbush threw a third of an inning for this team. I did not realize he was still in the league. Good for him. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, and he struck uh struck the guy. He struck a batter out, but he also he has a, he has a 27 ERA with a negative 2.84 FIP. And you <laughs> want to talk about a guy getting unlucky? Yeah. Yeah, what happened that's, there? That's, that's difficult. You can just uh, you can't be having that. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Um uh, you have to re you have to reevaluate the Dodgers defense with a difference like that yeah you do you do um so blake trinan since august 1st he is a one two three era two five four fip which is because he's walking 3.68 batters per nine uh so that's not great kenley jansen though a 1.8 era with a 2.36 fip that's very good phil bickford a 188 era with a 316 fip uh, alex vasia he's given up a lot of home runs so his fip is going to be uh, almost two full runs higher. That's actually crazy. 1.59 ERA with a 3.51 FIP. But, like, if your FIP is way higher and it's because you're giving up a lot of home runs, like, like you're that's that's still a little bit more sustainable. That's not as sustainable. Like, that leads me to believe that you're not, you are a little more unlucky, even though your FIP says that you're getting lucky, if that makes any sense at all. Uh, yeah, I... I guess that's what XFIP... FIP is four and his XFIP is three point oh nine. It's nearly half a run lower than his actual FIP. Yeah, it just depends what types of home runs he's given up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, if he's if giving up four hundred fifty foot home runs, then it doesn't really count. Yeah, and then also, yeah. Neftali Feliz is in this bullpen too. I was about to say this is just <laughs> like this is like the all early twenty tens trash. I mean, these are guys that could be drafted in a couple weeks. Yeah, I don't know what our rules are going to be like if if they've played in the 2020s. Do do we like is that a is that a notch down? I was thinking about it, but like, I think it's I think it's fine if you like, I think it's fine if you have to ask what team they're on. Like five minutes ago and said if someone said like, oh, I'm going to take Kevin Quackenbush and you said, no, they're on a team. I would have been like, wait, what team? Oh, right. 
Right. Like if you yeah, like if you associate them more with like I, when I think Kevin Kevin Quackenbush, I'm like, oh yeah, Padres like mid 2010s. Like I'm definitely not thinking of like if you associate them more with the 2010s, uh, I, then I think it counts. Actually, we should yeah we should allow all yeah we should allow all players because if if you if you take in a well known player that's gonna bring your team down. Yeah, exactly. Like if I draft like Joe Maurer as my catcher, then it's just like, well, no, that doesn't count. Yeah, right. If I draft, if I draft Albert Pujols, it's not going to be. Although remember his numbers, that guy, his yeah. numbers in the 2010s seemed like you know an average guy. Yeah, no, like we're drafting, we're drafting based on nostalgia in that draft, not based on, uh, you know how well how well known you were. Or now yeah. we're not drafting based on like who has the best wins above replacement, who has the most talented team. Like we are drafting on, I'm calling it the the, uh, I haven't heard that name in years draft. Yeah, <laughs> like that's yeah, that's should... how I want people to react to every player drafted. Yeah, what what would that be? I I H H T N draft. I H H T N draft. I haven't uh, heard that name. Well, I I Y um oh i y yeah yeah the i haven't um, heard that name in years draft so yeah for context by the way uh uh us two and a few other people are going to do an all all like mostly early 2010s but mainly 2010s uh irrelevant draft so you know don't don't reveal don't reveal any names don't reveal any names yet but yeah but you know, it's just it's just going to be a big uh, nostalgia run for anyone who like was getting into baseball in like the 2010s or like played played like uh, early 2010s baseball video Fantasy games. Baseball. Yeah, like it'll be it'll it'll bring back the memes. But back to the Dodgers. Uh, I mean, yeah. there are three starters that we know are that are that we know are going to be pitching in the playoffs you know scherzer bueller and arias uh in this span the the highest era out of that group is a one five six which is crazy um as you as you probably see as well on your screen but that i just had to mention that that's, that's uh, pretty wild I mean, to be fair to be fair that guy does have a two nine eight fip yeah which yeah he you know, does it's a very high difference yeah, Bueller. I think has, has Bueller's strikeouts been going down this year? Because no, feel... I think he's just walking more people. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna take a look at Bueller's. Because um, like his FIP is a full run higher than his ERA. This is like on the year. Yeah, but but I mean, it's pretty amazing that Bueller his. You know, this is a, a year where he may win Cy Young, and this is the lowest strikeouts per nine he's had in his career. Yep, then that'll do it. Um, and yeah, he his walk rate is down from where it was last year, but up from where it was in 2019. And well, it's, to be fair, he did he was a slightly alarming of mine last year. So I mean, right, you know, we're talking shortened season, giving up a lot of barrels, had blister issues. Yep, but now. Now he's kind of he's kind of back on track. So, so yeah, the Dodgers are now half game up on the um, half half game up on the Giants in the National League West. And maybe maybe I'm being a little bit too optimistic because on on the Giants because 
like uh i feel like i don't want to back off a take after three days but it's very tempting <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting i mean this i think this series is gonna say a lot is it the last time they play each other i think it is oh they play each other uh, yeah. this weekend yeah this weekend is the last time oh wow okay so that's gonna be big Instant and then uh, i wish we knew starters we do not yeah, and then today for the Giants, they're playing their last game against the Brewers, so they can they can tie up that National League West, um, National League West first place spot. It's going to be Logan Webb versus Eric Lauer. That's and a that game one, they should win. Right, right, and it's a it's a getaway day, uh, especially Actually, for Milwaukee. For whatever reason, I think Eric Lauer has like much better splits against like good teams versus bad teams. Well, yeah, they call him. Uh, yeah, they call him Big Game, Big Game Eric, <laughs> <laughs> Big Game Lauer, Big Game Lauer. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna be starting Game One of every postseason series. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he ain't showing up. He ain't showing up for the D backs game. He's no. only, he's only up for the dot. He's like Eli Manning. Like Eli Manning <laughs> would just ball out in the playoffs, but yeah, you know, but he was be- just his best regular season would be like a ten and six record for the most part. <laughs> yeah, the dude was the four seed, and both years he won the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, like uh, just winning, just winning road playoff games like it's nothing. Um, yeah, that's that's basically Eric Lauer. But yeah, I mean, uh. With with Dodgers and Giants, it's funny because they're literally on on this uh, website Tankathon that I'm looking at. They're literally number twelve and number thirteen in strength of schedule remaining. Uh, so I mean, their their schedules left in terms of strength against them are almost identical. Uh, so, right. you, so I mean, yeah, I mean, I would be leaning more towards Dodgers now. I think. I was being a little more optimistic at the beginning of the show when I said I might stand by the Giants, but I was pretty high. You know, there's reason to be high on the Dodgers for sure. We were both high on the Dodgers before the season because of what they've added. And, you know, now they've added even more in the, in the middle of the season. So, right. Yeah. It'll just be interesting to see how, how it all goes down. Um, All right. Do we want to get into, uh, What's happening? What's happening close to home? Let's do it. The Red Sox have uh, currently seven players on the COVID IL, I believe. Uh, yeah, seven now, and uh, I think four staff members as well. Uh, they have a lot of bullpen guys. I'm trying to get the complete list of players that have uh, COVID. I know. I know here causes Sawamura. I got it. Uh, I, I got it. So it's Kike Hernandez, Christian Arroyo, Martin Perez, Matt Barnes, Hirokazu Sawamura, Josh Taylor, Xander Bogarts, Yairo Munoz, and that's it. Yeah, it's pretty rough. And I think that's what, four relievers? Uh, yes. Yeah, four relievers from an already struggling bullpen. Uh, they, mm-hmm. won, they won uh, their match last night against the Rays three to two it was kind of one they fair, needed the Rays went over 11 with runners in scoring position the Red Sox won by one run so that was not a game they should have won yeah 
yeah and it was chris sale versus drew rasmussen yeah you know red sox should have that but uh even with that they gave up a lot of base runners but yeah um and i believe now the al wild card i think the a's are now one game within the red sox for the al wild card maybe um, uh let me check that well no the yeah. a's did lose last night so i don't know oh uh, so they're two games they're two games back so yeah, what are we thinking about about this outbreak and how it could affect the the Red Sox? I think it all depends on how long they all last because you know they could be gone for ten days, they could be gone for two days. Like, I think they just have to test negative twice, right? And that's how the policy is. Um, hopefully. Uh, uh, Josh Taylor uh, on his injury report, it just says COVID nineteen protocol. It doesn't say COVID nineteen, so I believe he was contact traced but never actually tested positive. I think that's what that would imply. So, I mean, getting him back as soon as possible would definitely be vital because he's been a big reliever for them pretty much all year, basically since May. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that, that can, that alone makes a big difference, you know, instead of just uh, Adam Onovino, Garrett Whitlock and Garrett Richards out of the bullpen, like Josh Taylor adds a big, uh, you know, a, he's a lefty and B he's just another guy that they can use that can get the job done most of the time uh yeah absolutely like you know there's there's some big relievers that are on this uh COVID IL and Josh Taylor was one of the few guys that was not trending very poorly like you know out of that list some of those guys you're like they kind of needed this break some of those guys that's what I was gonna say with Matt Barnes like this might be the the setback that he needed where you know I don't know how he's feeling there aren't many reports on that but no hopefully he's doing all right hopefully he doesn't have a a severe case of it um and hopefully he can come back after some rest and maybe get back to how he was before the all-star break right right like if he's someone who's not getting very severe symptoms and is is able to kind of take a mental get a mental reset you know that would be something where it's like in the long run it, it might benefit someone like him um and but yeah taylor would be nice to have back um Sawamura Sawamura is just the weirdest reliever I feel like he throws it in the strike zone like 10% of the time and then mm-hmm. but guys just swing at everything against him uh yeah Sawamura Sawamura is a little weird and uh Martin Perez he's you know he's Martin Perez Martin Perez um the one thing that does genuinely worry me about this outbreak is Eduardo Rodriguez because he had a very like severe, he probably had the most severe case of COVID in Major League Baseball last year. He had heart problems. He was like he had to learn to walk again. Um, he's obviously, you know, first of all, I, you know, this is very bad for. It's obviously very bad for his health. It was in the past, and I just hope that he's able to stay away from it because, like, the last thing I want is him getting COVID again, like at right. all, regardless of what kind of case it is. Right. Yeah. He. Um... Yeah, for those unaware, he got myocarditis, which is a, a heart, uh, yeah, a heart condition that that you know some some people get in uh, in with COVID nineteen. But yeah, that's probably the one. That's probably the person you want to protect uh, protect the most. Uh, he's actually uh, starting tonight, so you know, hopefully, yeah. hopefully he's able to be safe. I wonder, I wonder what his like, because um, you know, you never know about about the virus like is it 
is it is he almost protected a little more because he had it before or is he vaccinated yeah now? i mean he had it he had it like a year ago and the antibodies are supposed to like go away after a few months or so so i don't right. know if having it like i'm i'm he has to be vaccinated i mean there's no reports but i would assume he is uh after that but like i mean i'm sure he's protected just by the vaccine of any of any like worse symptoms but i don't think i don't think the antibodies are gonna do their thing since he had it over a year ago right yeah exactly um but yeah the yeah the red sox they're yeah they're seven down right now they also have some coaches that are uh not not in it and also actually yeah one thing i will say is some people are trying to make this a thing where like the red sox are uh, you know, anti-vaccine or whatever. Um, and they're under the 85% threshold. And, but like the entire time, I think Alex Cora, you know, the manager of the Red Sox has been, you know, pretty adamant of, you know, encouraging of people getting the vaccine. And also, you know, the, the Yankees had a similar outbreak to this. They had six players go down with, with, uh, with COVID in like a two day span, they were the fir- they were the first uh, they were the first team to reach the eighty five percent threshold. So yeah, you know it's it's not really a correlation there. I know sometimes it it can be preventative, but you know this is not a thing where like no one on the Red Sox is vaccinated. In fact, I would guess the the overwhelming majority are vaccinated. It's not a thing where Players, like yeah the anti vax team finally had their outbreak. I'm not really I'm not really buying into that, but that's just well, Matt, that's not. Like- I mean, if we just want to look into individual cases, like Matt Barnes, like I'm pretty sure his wife is like a like a nurse or something. Like she's in the medical field, so like I I would assume he's vaccinated. Um, right. And like I don't know, just I, I, we don't know these players personally. We can't assume anything, but like yeah, most of these players I would guess are vaccinated. But like I know exactly who you're talking about with that narrative. But like the the thing that struck me is saying like this is what does they deserve? It's like you can't just say that anyone deserves COVID, right? Right. Like yes, of course you should get the vaccine, but you can't say that people deserve it. Right. Right. E- exactly. Exactly. Um, and like the Yankees, they also had the John. They also all got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, so I think that's why a lot of people were. I think that was a large part of the cause because that one's like shown to be the least effective but like we mm-hmm. don't need to get too far into that yeah a lot um, of this a lot of this is like non-baseball stuff but it it was something that kind of bothered bothered uh probably the both of us uh with that because like even if they're 75 percent vaccinated if you know if seven players went down with covid you'd figure statistically speaking like five of them would would have been vaccinated players so it's not like a thing where like none of them were vaccinated obviously obviously at this stage of the season that's that's not that's not a thing really um but uh yeah that was that was just something that bothered me any any uh anything more on the red sox outbreak nah i mean i think like i don't know i still don't like if they miss the playoffs from this point like i'm not going to i don't think i'm going to be blaming covid for it like they still have a talented enough team to where they should be able to make it uh yeah especially yeah they can survive like a week long little blip that that could be going on um all right uh you 
actually, yeah, you should introduce the uh, the next topic because this so, one I, I was not that aware of. Yeah, this is ridiculous. So MLB trade rumors had a article come out last night around uh, like around midnight or so, I think. Uh, at least on the East Coast, where uh, the CBA is obviously expiring on December first of this year, and this is going to be a very active off season with some off the field, you know, negotiation stuff. But the thing is, service time. A lot of people are talking about it. Are they going to keep that rule? Can they change that rule? Because nobody, nobody outside of the league offices like that rule. Players have been adamant against it. Fans don't like it. We know what they're doing. Anywho, uh, MLB proposal, uh, the MLB proposed to the Players Association a change to the service time system, which will uh, have players eligible for free agency at 29.5 years of age, meaning as soon as someone hits 29.5 years old, they are a free agent, like going into their age 30 season every time, which is 100% worse than the last system. Like, yeah, I, I mean that's just like you can you can see right through what the league's trying to do here because we've been in like baseball analysts as a whole, you know, analytics people, non-analytics people, we've all been saying it's not a good idea to give a large contract to someone entering their thirties. We've seen it with Albert Pujols. We might be seeing it with some other guys, Anthony Rendon. Now, I mean, there's Chris Davis. Like there are several examples of large contracts of people already in their thirties not being a good idea, which means that effectively players will get less in free agency with this rule. That's yeah, just absolutely. a fact. Yeah. That's and... just a fact. We're not going to see any long-term stuff. Uh, you, there are some extreme examples of players that would have to wait super long and not wait at all because this is like a, this is like a, a one size fits all type of rule where it's no matter what kind of player you are, you hit age 29 and a half, you go to free agency. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the league. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's stupid because yeah, it it affects everyone uh completely differently like if yeah, if if it if this were a thing with pitchers, I don't think it would be as as big of a deal because pitchers age a little differently. You got guys yeah. who excel in their 30s. I'm, I think I think DeGrom won his first Cy Young at 30 and uh like Scherzer Scherzer, Scherzer is 37 now and he's doing great. But position players i mean especially the position players of today uh, i think we i think i mentioned it i think that i think the most uh wins above replacement accumulated by position players in in their age 25 season or younger was combined as a league was 2018 so obviously we're in a a time where young players are excelling um luckily this if if this were to come into play it wouldn't affect uh fernando tatis jr because he uh, has has gotten his big deal, but Juan Soto, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., they're guys that are gonna want, you know, under under what's going on now, they would hit free agency uh, around 26, 27, 28. I mean, I, I it it would suck. Yeah, it, I can't imagine this being in play for people like uh, Mookie Betts and Bryce Harper, who each made, who each uh, signed for over $300 million yeah. at the age of uh, 26, 27. Like the, the, like, let's just say that this, that this gets approved and this is the new system next year. 
the Nationals are going to look at Juan Soto as a guy who doesn't hit free agency for another seven years rather than another three years or so. And they're going to be like, oh, we can just pay this guy like whatever, like whatever he's going to make, which is let's say less than 20 mil a year. He's getting completely scammed out of the out of a massive contract that he would otherwise be getting. And then let's say at age 28, you know, his numbers are declining. He only has a he only has a 366 OBP. It's like, "Oh, you're age 29 season. All right. Uh you can go out on the market and make 20 million dollars a year in your next contract, which is severely less than he would be making." Like this yeah. is this allows for you know, we we talk about service time manipulation that affects rookies. This is manipulation of current players and even some veterans. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, like Bryce Harper is currently under thirty. He's he's been around he's been around this game for a very long time. He's been uh, he's been in the MLB since twenty twelve. Mike Trout would be if he didn't sign an extension would be eligible for free agency this coming year. Yeah, as as like, he's think about when he. Yeah, think about when he came up in 2011. He would, and his rookie year was 2012. He would have had to wait his what has been his entire career to go on the open market and choose where he gets to play and how and choose how much he gets to make. Yeah, it's uh, it's ridiculous, and I I'm wondering like if you come up at 20, are you going to go through six arbitration hearings? Yeah, like that's ridiculous. You're going to be so exhausted and worn out by then. Like how? <laughs> yeah. That's a very mentally fatiguing thing. And, you know, we've we've heard about how awful the arbitration hearings are where players get told uh, why they're not or the, why they're not valuable uh, in an arbitration hearing. And, you know, they already have to do that three times, which you can debate if that's too many times. You can't be doing that five or six well, times. I, um, there were the to give a little bit more specifics. Uh, to what that would be like. MLB Trade Rumors said uh, this proposal would also involve a $1 billion pool uh, that would be dispersed in an unspecific manner to replace the current arbitration system. So I think what that means is that like teams are given a billion dollars and you can spend whatever on whoever in your system. Yeah. That That's leads good. me to believe that the the team decides and the players don't have any say, which I can't confirm that, but that's what it that's what feels like it is implied for from here. Yeah, I, there's got to be more to that because otherwise it would be like, all right, everyone gets uh, six hundred thousand dollars this year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you really like if you give Paul Dolan a billion dollars to spend on his players, do you really think he's going to spend more than like fifty million? Right. Or, yeah. yeah like, I, they they have to give the players some sort of leverage in this, and it looks like they have absolutely none. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you said MLB proposed this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming the Players Association is going to shut it down immediately. And this was also this was done in mid-August a couple weeks ago. So there's there's they've probably already shut it down by now. I mean, I can't imagine like Tony Clark probably laughed at this and just threw it back without even taking any real consideration into it, which he should because this is a joke. Yeah, it seems like a thing where like that's where they're that's how the mlb negotiations start it's it's like a, just a ridiculous thing that they throw out there just to start the negotiation so that maybe yeah. it ends up a little more in their favor uh towards the end but yeah i mean that's just 
it's it's such a stupid thing to propose yeah this is you know there's zero chance this happens like i will come out and say that right now there's no way the league approves this or the players association approves this because i mean this is a scam in every single facet possible like there is no way like the like the, the the league is trying to take this as oh look no more service time manipulation of rookies like this is beneficial for you this is what you want uh but the reality is there it's like you're taking out one scam and putting in another three yeah yeah exactly because that's what cause, this is because it's the you know it's the free agency after age 30 it's the one billion dollar pool it's everything everything's pretty messed up about this it's brutal um yeah so it makes me a little less optimistic about how uh negotiations are going to go for the cba uh but hopefully hopefully that's just one blip in the radar and things will run a little smoother but if if these are the mlb mlb's proposals uh they seem kind of pretty far away on on what players actually want yeah um yeah it's it's pretty pretty uh pretty interesting there um all right time to go to players to highlight players are subjects to highlight for good and bad reasons uh we'll start off with the good news uh now for our thursday september 2nd 2021 edition of uh who do you got for us today i'm looking at odubel herrera as my how about that today because he has been hitting very well over the last little less than a month. Uh, since August 5th, Odubel Herrera is slashing 348, 427, 667 for a 1093 OPS. His 189 weighted runs created plus is the seventh best in the majors over that time. And coming into this season, the lowest career strikeout rate he had in a single season was a 20.4% strikeout rate. He was striking out one in every five plate appearances. And now... It is a 15.7%, so it's dropped almost 5% from his career lowest. He is currently in the 85th percentile in K rate after never being above the 51st percentile, and he is currently in the 83rd percentile in whiff rate after never being above the 44th percentile. So he is, uh, his back-to-ball skills have greatly improved this year, and he also has career highs in exit velocity and hard hit percentages this year. And also in this time, he has 30 batted balls with a launch angle between 0 and 35 degrees. And among the 175 hitters with at least 50 batted balls at all since then, his one, his 13-33 slugging and his 8-18 Woba on those batted balls, the ones between 0 and 35 degrees, that ranks 15th. Each of them ranks 15th among the 175, 179 of such hitters. So that is Odubel Herrera. Odubel Herrera. How about that? Uh, forming into uh, the Phillies outfielder that they kind of wanted him to be uh, a, a little bit ago. Uh, my how about that is uh, is the uh, the the best. Yeah, the my my how about that is uh, you know uh, a a lefty on the Blue Jays that we love, obviously. It's uh, Steven Matz. Of course, uh, of course. Yeah, <laughs> we know. We know the. Uh, you know, Steven Matz is a is a is a big time 
big time guy on this show. Uh, I, I will never shut up about him. Yeah, uh, for sure. You, you're a big fan. You're a big fan of this guy, <laughs> Stephen Metz. And actually, I wore my Blue Jays shirt jersey for uh, for this guy. Um, in his last six starts, he has a 1.65 ERA in 32 and two thirds innings pitched. Uh, his ERA in this span ranks eighth. And uh, four out of the seven, uh, four out of the seven guys ahead of him are previous. How about that's those? How about that's are Adam Wainwright, Logan Webb, Robbie Ray, and Marco Gonzalez. And the other three outside of those guys are Max Scherzer, Walker Bueller, and Corbin Burns. So he's uh he's behind some some pretty good company. Uh, also in the span, Stephen Matz has a three percent barrel rate against him and has only allowed one home run. Uh, also, his ground ball rate in the span is 5.7 percentage points higher than it was before the span. His pop-up rate is 5.1 percentage points higher, and his line drive rate is 6.8 percentage points lower uh, than it was before the span. And out of the 130 pitchers with 50-plus batted balls in this six-start span of Steven Matz's, uh, his ground ball rate is the 19th highest. Uh, his pop-up rate is the 23rd highest. And his line drive rate is the 20th lowest out of these 130 pitchers. And his barrel rate among these 130 pitchers is 7th lowest. So Steven Matz getting some good soft contact, getting some uh, good directional contact in terms of getting ground balls and pop-ups. So uh, yeah, Steven Matz. Um, all right, so now we go from the highs to the lows where we're talking players or subjects that have been underperforming. So now for our Thursday, September, tw- uh, September 2nd, 2021 edition of Slightly Alarming. Uh, who do you got for us today? I love how ever since you learned the Savant search tool, every single one of your how about that's and Slightly Alarming has been like entirely Savant search tool based. Yeah, now it... it now it feels very empty if I don't include the savant search. Yeah, so. there is there is so much to find. Well, especially I had to for Steven Matz because he has like less than seven strikeouts per nine in, this, in the span. So mm-hmm. I had to do something mm-hmm. about uh, how yeah. the, the types of contact to get against him. Yep. So this is a bit awkward because my slightly alarming is actually a Blue Jay. Oh, wow. Is it Steven Matz? <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm talking about Randall Gritchick who since July 21st is slashing 171, 250, 288, 538. And among the 155 hitters with at least 120 plate appearances since July 21st, his 171 average ranks third to last, and his 47 weighted runs created plus ranks fourth to last. And the thing with him, I'm, I'm making a diagnosis here, Chris. Uh, he's got a case of the reverse splits, a pretty ah. severe case, one of the most severe I've ever seen. I'm talking about platoons. The last time he had an extra base hit against a left-handed pitcher was July 4th. That is nearly two months ago. Uh, since then, he is slashing 056, 186, 056, 242 against lefties with a negative 22 weighted runs created plus. Uh, out of the 269 qualifiers, his average and his slugging percentage against lefties rank dead last, and his 242 OPS is also dead last among the 202 qualifying right-handers. So Randall Gritchick, uh, very big on the reverse splits. Randall Gritchick. Slightly alarming. 
Um, by the way, we it, we know this show would be going in the wrong direction if one of our how about that's was another slightly alarming for the same show. That would not be <laughs> that would be that would not be good. It, this guy's great, but he actually sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be rough. Um, my slightly alarming is uh is a freeze over. This is actually one of my previous how about that's from either early May or late April. It was it was a pretty long time ago, but uh, he has gone a little cold in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Buster Posey, uh, he's he's been you know re- reversing Father Time for the most part this year, but uh, his his kind of come back to earth in a in a, in a sense. Uh, in his last 14 games, he is hitting 137 with a 430 OPS. Uh, in this span, out of 174 qualifiers, his average ranks last, and his on-base percentage, slugging percentage, and OPS all rank 172nd, uh, so third to worst. And uh, he has the 15th highest strikeout rate. Uh, he has the 15th highest strikeout rate among these 174 qualifiers as well. And before this span. His strikeout rate was 18.3%, but in this span, it is up to 32.1%. And along with that, his, uh, you know, his quality of contact has also gone down. Uh, before the span, his average exit velocity was 89.3 miles per hour, and his hard hit rate was 44%. But in this span, his average exit velocity is 83.9 miles per hour, and his hard hit rate is 27 percent so uh, about a five yeah 5.4 mile per hour difference in average exit velocity and 17 percent difference in hard hit rate so uh been a been a rough been a rough patch for buster posey he's getting a a freeze over and a slightly alarming Uh, all right, so that does it for players or subjects to highlight. And it now, does not. All right, yeah, we have. Well, it it takes away from. I, I guess this is a player to highlight as well. Yeah. Um, it's the end of it's. You know, August has passed. It is the first uh, above replacement radio of this month. So we have to reflect on the month of August with our Carlos Santana of the Month award. That's right. For those of you who don't know, in 2020, Carlos Santana slashed 199, 349, 350 for a 699 OPS. Pretty legendary slash line. So I took the liberty of highlighting a player who every month reminds me of that season. And for the first time this year, we have a right-handed hitter as the Carlos Santana of the Month Award. And for the second straight month, we have a member of Carlos Santana's former club, the Cleveland baseball team. I'm talking about Fran Meal Reyes, congratulations, Fran Meal. In the month of August, you had a 207, 345, 370 slash line, almost identical in a lot of ways to Carlos Santana's slash line. Only four points off on the OBP, eight points off on the batting average. Very impressive. You had a 16.8% walk rate, which was tied for fifth in the majors. So he is the August edition of the Carlos Santana of the Month Award. All the winners of this season have been. Ian Happ, Yasmani Grandal, Abraham Almonte, Bobby Bradley, and now Franmil Reyes. Congratulations to Franmil Reyes on the Carlos Santana of the Month Award. Uh, we believed in you, and uh, and you definitely earned this one. 
Uh, so shout out to Fred Mel Reyes. Uh, all right, now we get into the preview of the weekend ahead. I've got series to watch. Daniel's got the day by day matchups. Uh, you previously mentioned uh, these series that uh, you know all I should be on. It's it's the best yeah. race. Uh, yeah, I would argue it's the best race in baseball right now. Uh, it's the Giants and the Dodgers. Uh, you know it won't be happening tonight. The Giants are finishing their their uh, series against the Brewers today. But you got Giants Dodgers uh, Friday through Sunday. Uh, David Price is going on Friday. Uh, Arias is going on Saturday and on Sunday. Uh, it's Bueller. So the Giants have not announced their starters yet, but I imagine there's going to be some pretty good, uh, pretty good pitching matchups there. And then another series to watch, um, also because of playoff implications at least for one team, the other team kind of has their spot secured, but uh, Padres Astros at Petco Park. That is a, I believe that should go Friday through Sunday. Yeah, that goes Friday through Sunday. Some of those interleague, some of those interleague series are, are kind of weird. It'll go two days and then, and then just stop. But uh, yeah, Padres Astros and Dodgers Giants got to check those out. Uh, what do you got for the day by day matchups? There's going to be so many instances over the next month where you're like, in the series to watch the Padres playing this team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or the every Reds. single week. Or, oh, right. Yeah. Cause they're, they're playing some, some pretty banger, yep. uh, banger series. So tonight is Thursday. Not a lot of games, but there are uh, some good pitching matchups. Eduardo Rodriguez versus Shane McClanahan in Red Sox Rays. Erod, don't be fooled by the 512 ERA. Go check out Chris's Twitter for all the information on that. Aaron Nola will be going against the national or yeah, against the nationals uh, in Washington. Frankie Montas will be going against the Tigers in Detroit. A is looking to get back in the wild card race. You have um, Zach, or Keegan Thompson going against the uh, Pirates for the Cubs. He's at 309 ERA. I've uh, been preventing some runs. Tristan McKenzie has been a lot better in his last couple of starts. He will be going tonight in Kansas City against the Royals. Match of the day comes from Giants and Brewers. The aforementioned Eric Lauer versus Logan Webb matchup. So then you look at Friday. You have Nathan Eovaldi going for the Red Sox in the series opener against Cleveland uh, at Fenway. You have uh, Randy Dobnock coming off the IL. Let's see if he can uh, turn his season around. He has a 7.83 ERA. He'll be going against Michael Waka in Tampa. You have Kyle Gibson going for the Marlins or against the, against the Marlins for the Phillies, you have uh, John Means versus Nestor Cortez Jr., Battle of the Lefties in Yankees-Orioles. You have Huskar Yanoa going for the Braves against the Rockies in Colorado. You have Shohei Otani pitching for the first time since he got hit on the hand on Friday against the Rangers in Anaheim. You have uh, the aforementioned David Price. You have our guy, Jose Urquidy, going for the Astros against Jake Arrieta. Uh, in San Diego, that should that should be an interesting one. Jake Arrieta has struggled mightily this year. You have Madison Bumgarner going against the Mariners in Arizona. Matchup of the night comes from Cardinals Brewers. You have two of my how about that's going against each other. Adam Wainwright versus Freddie Peralta. That'll yeah. be a really good matchup. That's a great matchup. So now on Saturday, you have Jordan Montgomery going for the Yankees against the Orioles. Uh, that is, he's been doing very well recently. You have not a lot of matchups have been 
uh, announced yet. Quang Hyung Kim versus Adrian Hauser and, Car- and Cardinals Brewers. Uh, you have Ian Anderson coming back against Herman Marquez in uh, Braves Rockies. You have Framber Valdez versus Joe Musgrove in Astros Padres. Uh, matchup of the night. Uh, okay, I think I already mentioned matchup of the night. You also have Matt Boyd versus Tyler Male in Tigers Reds. Uh, you know, I'm going to say matchup of the night is Ian Anderson versus Herman Marquez in uh, Braves Rockies in Colorado. I believe both Sunday, uh, both players to watch of ours because I had a uh, I had Herman Marquez as a Rocky yep, to watch, and I 100% had Ian Anderson. Yep. So then, uh, all right. So then on Sunday, once again, not a lot of matchups have been announced. Corey Kluber will be going for the Yankees against the Orioles. You have Cole Irvin going for the uh, A's against the Blue Jays. Um. Okay, Zach Wheeler will be going against the uh, Marlins for the Phillies. Luis Patino will be going for the Rays against the Twins. Dylan Cease been one of the better pitchers in the league recently. He will be going for the White Sox against the Royals. Corbin Burns will be going in the series finale for the Brewers against the Cardinals. Uh, Zach Davies will be going for the Cubs against the Pirates. Charlie Morton will be going for the Braves against the Rockies. Luis Garcia will go for the... Um, Astros against the Padres. Matchup of the night, or matchup of the day, comes from Tigers-Reds. You have Casey Mize versus Luis Castillo. Yeah. Yeah, two guys who have been pretty good in the, pretty good since like June. I, Mize yeah. has been good since May. Castillo's kind of turned it around. It's, since. The, it's the don't look at the first one-third of their season matchup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, does, um, it didn't count. Funny you mention Cease. I believe Cease actually has been getting a little unlucky this year. Uh, oddly yeah. enough, he's been he's been reversing the uh, the volcano. The perfect balance of twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, all right, we hope you enjoyed this one. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and want to watch the conversation as it happens, um, go to our YouTube channel. It is called Above Replacement Radio. Also, this is probably like the last real video episode for a while, uh, yeah. considering considering we're not going to be on Zoom um, for a while. So, you know, check that out. And uh, if you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Kern and follow the show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio for all the show needs. So we hope you enjoyed this one. And we hope to see you on Monday from Springfield College, uh, where we're going to be talking all the happenings in Major League Baseball once again. See you then. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.